0: You know what I hate? I was listening to the radio the other day, mm-hmm. and even on the way home, on the way over here today, that the um, there was a a preacher. I'm not going to call out anybody, but there was a preacher, and his his entire sermon was giving tithe, tithe. <coughs> the, you know, and it and it and it was like 30 minutes of how to give tithe, why you should give tithe, and you should give tithe to to the church, and you know that it's no longer. You know, uh, sacrificial of animals or anything like that. It's monetary only. It's monetary, yeah, I've heard that one. It's. I was like, this is fucking BS, dude.
1: Yeah, if we look at it historically, and we want to give a tithe, then I'll give them ten chickens. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> <my> chickens? right? <laughs> it, it, it
0: just it, it just doesn't make any sense. I mean, I, I heard like three or four of those this week on the radio.
1: You know, Ricky, it, I understand about giving. Don't get me wrong. If I can see it being used. But when I see it being used in somebody's pocketbook, I have a problem with that. You know, if I see it being used to feed people or clothe people or whatever, then I think the intent is good. It's a good, it's something good, but I don't, I have a problem when I don't see it being used to help or better the kingdom. Like for instance, if we, if they gave us a tie for us doing this, right. Or right. not a tie, but you know, a donation, I wouldn't see anything wrong with us, us using it for, the purpose of doing the show or whatever. Yeah. You know, you said, hey, I need them. Okay, there's a microphone. Oh, I need a new Bible. Go ahead and go get it. You know, we have the money for it. And I'm thankful for God for that. But when I see that, like when I, I knew this one passage, like I eat steaks every night and my wife only shops at Neiman Marcus. I have a problem with that. Yeah. Because you are basically, basically using the word and exploiting the word for your benefit. Right. That's what pisses me off.
0: And we and we see that in the in the in the New Testament writings too. When you, I think it was Paul or somebody was writing to the Corinthians or the Thessalonians, where they were saying, "Oh, if these people or you know pa- passing apostles or passing brothers, yeah. if they stay longer than three days or something like that, you need to make them work." You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. You need to kick them out if they don't want to work, because then they're just they're abusing your charity.
1: Yeah, and you know you you see some people that are um that are full full time pastors and if they receive a salary. That's fine, you know. If it's it's a moderate salary, you know. But I'm talking about I'm talking about like these lavish salaries. I don't agree with that. Yeah, you know, because it's not, you know, if you're doing this full time. I mean, you're you're doing you're, you're you're pastoring, you're counseling, you're doing whatever for your for your. Parents. There's nothing wrong with that. What becomes wrong is when you're taking those funds and you're and you're you want more and more and more and more. You know, right. You know, because I've, I've heard of churches where they say, okay, we're going to give you a stipend and we're going to give you insurance and perhaps maybe uh, a, uh, um, I forgot the name, but anyway, a home. Uh-huh. That's okay. I mean, you got to, I mean, if you if they want you to do this full time and they're willing to do that, that's fine. But when you start like, well, you, let's think about it. A lot of these people that are doing these kind of things are independent. I guess they're not part of any type of organized organization. Uh-huh. Those fools, yeah, they go out and they go, I mean, that's their income. Gabby was going to a church once where the pastor, that was on Sylvania Street there in Fort Worth, where the pastor had a, a, a truck payment. So therefore, he would he would ask for the, the tie. Everybody give the tie. And then he says, okay, we're going to pass the bucket this time, but it's going to be for my truck payment. What? Yeah, Gabby will tell you. So everybody would give the tie, and then he would say, "If it, but keep in mind, it's not my truck. It's the church's truck, so if you need it one day during the week and I'm not using it, let me know and then I can schedule and you can borrow it. That's that's still a crock of shit. You know, it's his. Yeah, truck. exactly, <laughs> dude. Come on.
0: See, yeah, dude, that <laughs> that shit just bothers me. It's like, I mean, if you spend, if you if you buy radio time, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and you buy thirty minutes of it, that you know, that's not it. not cheap. You no. know? No. It's it's. And and you spend your whole message. And if it's a message that you you did at your church, why would you? Why waste the time of your patrons mm-hmm. or the your attendants or whatever on trying to get money out of, or trying to convince them or guilt them into giving you money? Most of it's what you said is guilt. Go ahead. And, and that that shit pisses me off mm. to no end. I mean, Jesus never, not once, did he ask. Anybody for anything? He, okay, he asked that lady for some water, but that's it. Water, <laughs> water. You know what I'm saying? He didn't say, "Oh, I'm gonna pass this bucket around." Oh, make sure you 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 wanna you wanna partner with us? Oh, contact with contact me on the internet or there's people on the phone if you wanna partner with us. You know, because that's. A, that's the new saying. Partner. You want to partner with us? Uh-huh. Make it like you're part. Of the tr- no, they it, they're still this want your. They, they still want your 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 fucking money. That's I'm it. sorry. That's all I wanted to say. That's I it. mean, if if that becomes the underlying and core message of your entire ministry, man, you have a problem, in my opinion. Yeah, and yeah. It, it's it's awful. I it bothers me.
1: Yeah, it's like you know us doing ministry and everything else. And someone would say, "Well, we're going to donate." Okay, that's fine. That's great. You know, and then we can sit down and say, okay, well, what what do we need to further or to grow? Right. Uh, but not like, oh man, I'm gonna get me some new Jordan, some some gold grill and everything. But you see that shit, right? You see, you see very little done within the church and a lot done with the pastor
0: himself. See, in my opinion, in my opinion, and this may be wrong. <coughs> in my opinion, I don't think they should ever ask. Right. It should always be open.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But don't don't have don't don't give a sermon and then put your hand out. Or don't put your hand out to give a to give a sermon. You know what I'm saying? This yeah. it, it is what it is. If you feel like donating, donate. If you don't, hey, then good on you.
1: You know the thing with us. When I was doing ministry full time and we we had a parish, I never passed the plate. The plate was there if you want to give something, and if you didn't, you didn't. If a person comes in and starts helping me fix the chairs, well, to me, he's giving back to the church, right? You know, when we had potlucks, you know. It was not like we had a lot of money. We'd say, okay, anybody wants to bring something, bring something. That'd be great. You know, And I got my meal or, or whatever. But I think a lot of times people look at it as a corporate way of, of doing church. And th- and they've used that term now. Now it's the corporate church uh, where you have to figure out, okay, we got to, you got to pay this. We got to pay that. Why do you, why do you, why? I don't understand why these people, when they start churches too, they get into these big ass buildings because that. Because in, in a way, for me, it's like that—that that validates them actually being a real church. I don't know, and I don't think a real church is actually just the building, right? I believe the church is wherever you go,
0: wherever you go, yeah.
1: So, and the, and there's been successful pastors that come out of bars. You know, they they actually hold their sermons in a bar. Why not? You know, it's go where the people are. You yeah, know? but you know, but I I think that people maybe sometimes start with the right idea. But then they get caught up in, you know, their, their wants. or oh, they start seeing money coming in like, oh, man, I, I can do this now and I can do that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So then I think their their attitude changes to become more greedy or more like, well, you know, this is a bit. And the reality is church now is a business. right? You know, it's not really. Um, in fact, the, the um, Mormon bishop came over yesterday, last night. We we're talking like, you know, I want to. I'm. He said, I haven't seen that much in church. Yeah. I said, I'm, I'm going and everything else. I'll go. I said, but my focus is not ministry like y'all look at ministry. I said, I think we have to look at ministry a little bit deeper. And, you know, because they, they believe that ministry is like fixing somebody's car. You're doing ministry work. You're not doing ministry work. You're not. You're doing a favor. Yeah. You know, and so I was trying to explain that to him. I said, ministry, the way you see it, and the ministry, the way I see it, are two different things. Ministry, the way I see it is... Someone's dealing with depression, or not necessarily depression, but going through whatever, any type of emotional thing. Now, how can I use the scriptures or whatever to help that person? You know, or someone's going through a, a tragic moment in their life, then I'm there for them. Or someone's questioning their own faith, I'm there for them. That's ministry.
0: Yeah, you know,
1: I said that's what we need to see more in the church. But when you use nothing but um, guidebooks, this is how you do this and how you do that. That's not ministry, man. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah.
0: it doesn't. It, yeah, it doesn't leave no room for growth. Exactly. Because you're, you're, you've confined yourself <laughs> and locked yourself into a corner. Mm-hmm. That these are the set rules. This is all I can do. This is what I, you know. Yeah. You know. This, this is it. This is it. This is the way. Yeah. But it's but it's not. God is more fluid than what we can imagine. Yeah. His message is more expansive than we can imagine. Yeah. It's it's, like, just, it's just not the ink and paper. It's more than that. Right.
1: Right. It's just like I told him last. Night. I said I gotta. A good friend of mine that we're, I said, actually, he was an investigator. Someone and he came uh, to the church and we started talking and we found out that we have a lot in common when it comes to a lot of different things. And I said, we're going to, we're doing a ministry right now. We're going to be doing a podcast and hopefully that'll grow. And then we can, you know, make an influence in life. And he goes, you know what, if that's, if you're bringing people that way, then keep doing it, whatever it takes, you know, and I said, yeah. Yeah, I, I just don't. I just told him. I said to the, the Mormon Church is great. I think they do a lot of good things, but it's not for when it comes to ministry. It's not what I'm looking for. Yeah, you know? uh-huh. and I said I, I put away doing that for a while because I said you know uh, I didn't think I wanted. You know, I, it's not that I didn't think I wanted. I was getting upset with the church because I, man, I went through a lot of things where I was having to deal with people because of money. Uh-huh. You know, the, they're like when I was with the. Uh, the Episcopal church, they kept on pressuring me to put pressure on the people to put, give more money. And I didn't like that. I don't like putting, I don't like doing the sermons about tithing. Right. I hate them. And they were telling me that you need to start doing more effort to bring more money into the church. And I just didn't, I didn't see that because I worked. I didn't depend on it. This is something I did because I loved it. And this is my call, a calling, but I didn't look at it as, as a form of a career. Right. Right. So, I had a full-time job and I was doing that, but they didn't like the idea that I was not pressuring the people. And constantly he, even one of the, the archbishop sent me a a whole sermon to give on his behalf about them giving more money.
0: I would have said, no,
1: that's when I said, no, I said, and that's exactly what I said. I'm done. I don't want to deal with this shit. And so then you, then you fast forward. And I had like two or three years where I was like not doing anything. And I said, well, okay, well, I guess I'm going to go to church. And then I started going to different churches. You know, I went to like I don't know how many churches. And one church asked me. Then actually at Southwestern Seminary, one of the guys that I knew was a Baptist says, "Do you think you could help us with church growth?" And I'm like, "Okay, I can do that." I mean, I'm still doing some type, somewhat ministry work, still working with something with the church. So I started doing that. So I started going to like a Pentecostal church, Baptist church, because I'm now nowadays when they do church planning, it says Baptist, but it's not really Baptist. It's like different types of, of school of thought uh-huh. but they still fall under the Baptist because the Baptists are the ones who are funding them as long as they're preaching Christianity and everything else the Baptists are there to help them out so I went to a Pentecostal church I went to uh, a brother in church which uh, a apostolic brother which those are those are like they're Pentecostals but the, they the women use bales oh really yeah and uh anyway so I went there I went to a Mennonite church went to, uh, went back to uh, another independent Catholic and they were all doing different things. And that's why I always say they're all doing different things, trying to get to the same place. But th- then I started noticing some of these churches, how dirty they were, you know, like fucking dirty, you know, like that one that was in Holtam city, his son was a, he did stuff for the Mavericks and all that kind of stuff. Oh. Like, uh, they're, they're like uh, renovating for the Dallas Cowboys Mavericks. So what he would do is he would write these big checks he would get the money donate that to his daddy's church right because uh-huh. that's a tax write-off then his daddy would get that because he's getting that tax-free money and give it back to him so it was kind of like a what do you call it, laundering or whatever laundering money yeah that's what they were doing washing money because i would see every week in a tithing thing he would pass that out and they had sent me southwestern had sent me there because the church it was it was a good-sized church it had three three uh sanctuaries that's uh-huh. you know but they had an average about maybe ten people show up. Oh, really? But they were big fucking. They had when it came to the records, it was like they're they booming with money, and that's what it was coming from. It was coming from that. Wow. And then, but then he was also starting other church plants, and there's those church plants would get like twenty five hundred dollars from the from the Baptist starting, and then a monthly stipend of about eighteen hundred. So that monthly stipend is for them to, they could take a little percent of it for, you know, um, like you would have to do a report and it would say like for clothes or whatever, you know, but it had to go towards what you were doing. So he would go in there and say, you got to give me a tie of that. So he would take their, their, those pastors that are just trying to start out with, you know, little churches and everything else. He would make them tip by. So he was like a, a damn pimp. He was on the top and everybody's having to pay him a percent, a percent, a percent, a percent. Wow. Yeah. So I saw stuff like that. And then I saw extremism. When you know, I can't be with this type of people because these people are dirty. So I don't want to deal with it. I won't even minister to these people. So that's when I'm like, man,
0: that's motherfuckers. Yeah. No kidding, man. <laughs> <laughs> wow, dude. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's, that's that's all bullshit, man. And all the and all this, is, is just giving Christianity a bad rap, a bad look, man. Yeah. But you know, it. Maybe that's the maybe that's the point of Christianity too, man. They have all these bad people in it because you know, yeah. I mean, if 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 Christianity was supposed to be a, a religion full of like upright people, Jesus would never have done what he did. He would have never hung out with or tried to save the people that he did. Yeah, you know, minister to the people he did. It's just like we were going we, because you know he had all those. I don't. Uh, I don't want to say low lives, but they were all like lower class people. Yeah. And then he, he even had Judas Iscariot, the one that would betray him, as one of the twelve disciples. And and to say that you know Jesus didn't know what he was doing, that he was uh, what do we call it? He, he didn't know f- beforehand what was going on. Maybe I, I mean, well maybe that's maybe he allowed them
1: right, allowed Judas in the crowd right, uh-huh. knowing that what he was going to do in order to show an example of what we have to deal with within the church today. Right, Because in fact, that conversation came out last night because we have a guy who lives down the road from me who left the the Mormon church. And he left the Mormon church because he made a deal with the stake president. He hired the stake president to come work for his company. That stake president ended up stealing $1.5 million from him. Wow. So anyway, so when that happened, he left the church completely and said he didn't have to do nothing with the Mormons, blah, 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 and everything else. And And I said, well, in the church... Reality is that so many people get backstabbed in the church. Whether you're a pastor, a parishioner, or whatever, there's a lot of that stuff going on. I said, and then why wouldn't we be why would we be immune to that when Jesus was faced with the same thing? Exactly. So, you know, and maybe that is an example of the church itself too, as as well showing us. That he had to go through the same kind of bullshit, so we're going to go through the same type of bullshit.
0: That's right, man. You have to pull back and look at the larger picture, and yeah, that's exactly, the, yeah. yeah, that's exactly the way the churches are run now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's it's just wow. It, it, but but in the end, it did not change the outcome, right? No, no, so no. so people shouldn't like. In the end, people shouldn't just give up, right? And say, "Oh, to hell with religion and to hell with God and stuff." These things like that, you know, it's not real. You know what I'm saying? That God's not real. Jesus Christ, it was fake. Everything's fake. They, mm-hmm. There's no reason for that because the there the examples are, have already have already been given. You know, mm-hmm. you, you Jesus Christ still succeeded in his mission. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Despite everything that happened to him, right? Being from uh being you know surrounded by people that loved him by friends, being betrayed and dying alone. You know. By himself mm-hmm. on a cross. You i sure he had one follower with him in the end, but next to him, but he was still his closest friends that he'd spent the last years of his life with, mm-hmm. you know, traveling and, you know, going through adventures, you could say yeah. almost, you know, there, there were no one around yeah. you have the beloved disciple, but I mean, that's it. Yeah. One.
1: Yeah. In, when I was reading the scriptures last night, this is something came up too. And I was reading that and kind of, I don't know why he told me to go back and read that part. Cause I was, I was taking a boating test and everything. It's like that came in my head. So I went back and I read that and it said, man, he had a choice. And then, you know, and then I started putting those other things together, but then I started also looking at other things like, um, uh, explore, uh, uh, explore, um, topographic preaching, textual preaching, Explanation of preaching. I'm like, are, is there a certain way we're supposed to preach the gospel, or is it should we talk to people about the gospel versus preaching to the people? You uh-huh. know, because I was thinking about you know in school they tell you well, you got three or four different well, there's actually five, you know, different thoughts of of how to actually set a sermon, whether you get a topic topical and then you find scriptures that ate that what you're trying to say or or you do it like scripture by scripture by scripture, or you do it, whether this is what it's saying, Uh, is there really supposed to be a formula that we're supposed to follow? Or are we just supposed to, as man put in so much that we've, we've developed everything to be a formula. We don't leave no room for uh like you said, room Do we have room to grow. Can we actually have a conversation versus someone having to be, preaching and someone having to listening. I don't know. I was just thinking about that. Yeah. I mean, why is it that we have to be this formula? These are the formulas of way to preaching. If you don't follow these three or four to five ways, then you're not, you're not a good preacher. Right. Is that, you know, and Christ taught in in his own way. He taught in parables. Right. You know, and uh, I was thinking about, I remember one of my, my instructors was talking about, he taught in parables and we've discussed this too. In order for people to be, Somewhat entertained, but in a formative way that they can actually apply that. So, and then I thought about, well, maybe that's why homilies are, because homilies basically say, you know, are like 10 minute little segments. It's like, okay, what can how can we get the scripture and apply it to our lives and we're out, you know, or are we supposed to really preach to people? And, you know, I, I don't know. I was just thinking about that.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, well, let's try to think, right? Let's let's try to think, what was the early sermons of the first disciples? After Jesus Christ had died, what do you think they talked about? How do you think they convinced people? You know, because they don't have the 2,000 years of rhetoric that we have, right? They had maybe... Nothing. Right. You know, right. They, they've they had Jesus Christ was the Messiah. He's come back from the dead. That's it. About a month. <laughs> exactly, right? Yeah. yeah. Can, can imagine going to, you know, places where nobody's ever heard of you, you know, never heard of your Jesus Christ, never heard of your Messiah, going to uh, Jewish, you know, synagogues in other cities where, you know, they're really going to not want to listen to you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm at. If we could like somehow, I, and I'm, I know maybe in Acts there might be a, a, a sermon like that, but we know that we know that Acts was written a long time after the, that, right? <coughs> but what what did those people say? What did they talk about? You know, like, hey man, there's this guy, you know, in Jerusalem. He got killed. He just got crucified. He just came back from the dead three days later. Mm-hmm. That that is God incarnate. Mm-hmm. Well, what are you gonna say?
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I'm like, okay. (laughs) Exactly, right? So
0: there there was a hidden message maybe that we we don't have Mm -hmm. anymore. Yeah. What is the good news? Jesus Christ died for your sins. But if you don't have no concept of sins, then what the hell do you have? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Because remember, like Jesus Christ always said, the people who had faith, the greatest faith, were non-Jewish people. Yeah. So – it's you're better to not have the concept of faith or uh, not faith, but of sin. I don't think uh, we should ever discuss sin or anything like that <laughs> anymore. If mm-hmm. you, if you're a Christian or to anybody, because those are the people who will have probably the better faith and get rid of the anchor that's in our minds, mm-hmm. you know, because we've been taught that about sin first before we learn about Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's true. You know what I'm saying? What if we learn about Jesus Christ and stop teaching the concept of sin? Mm -hmm. Who he was, what he's done.
1: Because basically, you're right. Everything that ever comes out from the beginning. Okay. As a kid, I remember going to church. The first time I ever went to church, and that's exactly what was talked about. Sins. They were sinful. They were this, were that. Later on, this guy comes along and says, "Well, yeah, and and because of this guy, you don't have those sins no more." But we never really learned about who he was, or
0: right, you know. So I mean, because you you build the foundation of your faith on sin. Your foundation, everybody's foundation, is on sin. So that's guilt and
1: control, right? That's what they're. That's actually how they're they're trying. You know what? And maybe I think that's an, another way for them to to bring people in is the guilt in the in the in and, and whatever just said
0: <laughs> exactly but what but the gospel is means good news so the good news is what you have life after death because of uh-huh. Jesus Christ right that that should all be that should be the <laughs> core subject uh-huh. I mean i don't know he, t- he if if the if he took away the sins of the world then why do we still discuss it good
1: question so what
0: do we discuss the good news the good news Jesus Christ being uh fruitful in our faith instead mm-hmm. of always thinking about why we don't have faith or why we have trouble with our faith or why we you know why Jesus Christ had to come no he's already come he's already the actions already done we should talk about being fruitful instead of so
1: we should be talking about Let's moving forward.
0: Moving forward, yeah.
1: Moving forward and stop worrying about what happened.
0: Yeah, stop worrying about Adam. Stop worrying about, you know, everybody, you know, that did us wrong. Just move forward. Continue moving forward. That should be that should be the discussions of all churches now t- today. Of anybody that's preaching should be that should be their message. Mm-hmm. If you bring up sin or why Jesus Christ had to die, then you got a problem. You can't let go of the past.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's it's done. It was done It's done. Don't because I, I mean it, it is finished. It is finished. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Let it go. I mean, if you want to have great faith, you can't have concepts of that. People who had great faith, Jesus said only to people that were non Hebrews, non Jewish is- Israelites, people who knew nothing about the Torah, knew nothing about the law. You know, the Jewish laws or God's law. Yeah. They had the greatest faith in Jesus. So there there I think is Christianity's problem at this point throughout the world.
1: So what we're gonna have to do is kinda like uh as pastors or whatever you wanna call yourselves, uh whatever they want to call themselves <laughs> uh how to reprogram our conditioning of a preaching, I guess, or sermon writing or whatever. Right. So and I guess in a way, if you look at some of those people that you see on TV and people criticize them, some, I think there's maybe a couple of them where they don't even mention that. They just mention like, here we are today. Now, how can we move forward? Or here are we today and let's deal with the situations we're in now. Yeah. You know, like Joel Osteen. I mean, I really don't hear him really preach about the sin, the sin, the sin. I don't. Right you know, and of course people cut him down. I don't like him because of the money that he does, you know, but some of the, his stuff that he says is actually useful.
0: Right. So, well, and, and don't forget what Jesus said, man. You, you tell the, the faithful by their fruits. I mean, mm-hmm. is he producing good fruit or producing bad fruit? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I understand. I, I'd have to look at it. Cause you know, I, I I'm in this, I think <laughs> I've been conditioned to be leery of those who are wealthy like that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's, am I being conditioned because they want the adversary we will just use that Mm -hmm. wants to keep that idea of sin in my mind as an anchor for me not to have that great faith that Jesus saw in people who knew nothing of the, of the law. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, I think the concept that you're bringing up is it's, I like it. I like it because you're right. A lot of it has to do with the actions of sin, and not the good news, right of Jesus Christ. You know, um, and again, I, I, to me, it's it's something that I've always hated. When I first went to church, was that I felt bad, I felt guilty, right, and I that continues on now in different churches to feel guilty to feel that you're not worthy or capable of ever finding exactly.
0: Christ. Yeah, because who preaches? Very few pre- preachers talk about the going forward. They they always, because, oh, okay, another thing. If you are baptized, you right, that represents your death, your death to sin or whatever, right? If you do it outwardly.
1: Right, right, right.
0: Then why do you keep bringing it up? Stop bringing it up. Stop bringing it up your past stop bringing up the actions every every, every a lot of the preachers i hear on the radio are the same thing oh you you know you got a problem if you're still doing this Oh, you got a problem with the drinking or you got a problem with the smoking and the and the sex and the whoring and whatever yeah yeah are you a believer? no that person if they believe they're a believer let go of what they're doing you know what i'm saying let 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 them live in the fullness of jesus christ let them live in the gospel they're dead to the past. Don't bring it up. Don't talk about it. It never existed. It's dead. We, 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 you know, mm-hmm. let it be history. Don't bring it up. Move forward.
1: Kind of let them figure that out between them and God, I guess.
0: Yeah, I mean, because it it really is up to God. Mm-hmm. I mean, let it go. Let it go. Don't, don't bring it up again. That's all I got to say. <laughs> all right. Have a good day. <laughs>